All right. Good afternoon, Soma Church and any listeners out there in the podcast world. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, and this is Soma, Soma Church's podcast where we seek to see the gospel change everything by practicing the way of Jesus together for the life of the world. My name is Joel Bussell, and I'm joined here with Robin McKinnon, who we both have the pleasure of working together with each other on staff at Soma. And I have to say that Robin and I have a special connection because Robin found out early when I started at Soma that growing up, my childhood dream was to become a cowboy and my hero was John Wayne. And she not only exploited that uh, for some fun <laughs> around the office, uh, now Rob and I only text each other in cowboy gifts and memes <laughs> that we can find on our phones. So uh, Robin, I've never told you this. You know that I dreamed of being a brave and tough cowboy growing up, but Robin, what I admire about you is that you actually are brave, tough, and fearless. And uh, I feel like you could ride into town with a Starbucks Trenta sized tea and you could conquer the West without, uh, without anybody's help. So uh, listeners out there, if you happen to know Robin and have her phone number, I want you to encourage her by reminding her how God's gifted her with a courageous spirit by sending her the best cowboy gift or meme that you can find uh, sometime today. But uh, we're not here to talk about John Wayne, although we could. We're here to talk about community and specifically the joys and challenges of community in COVID. Uh, and never have I seen a time when community has simultaneously been so needed and yet also been so challenging. Uh, and so collectively we find ourselves wondering how do we do this? Robin and I even got together to grab coffee the other day uh, and we both sat down and just said, hey, we're kind of tired uh, and we don't know exactly what to do. And so we're not here saying that we have all the answers, uh, but we did listen to each other. We supported each other and we just said, let's keep going. And we hope that today, our prayer is that for those that are listening and specifically our missional community leaders, um, that you would leave here feeling that we're in this together, that there are true joys of what God is doing. There's some really discouraging things that God is using, but they're hard. Uh, there's a ton of hope and practically we can focus how we can get better at being a wholehearted community one day at a time. Uh, so we're really excited. We uh, spent some time this week just thinking through what we'd like to share with you. Robin has come up with, I think, some nine wonderful points that she's going to share with you about what she's learning uh, about community and COVID. And so, Robin, I'm going to turn it over to you and have you share uh, what uh, you think we need to hear today. So, Well, howdy, Joel, in true John Wayne format. <laughs> hey, partner. And thank you. Yes, I'll look forward to some, uh, some <laughs> Western texts coming my way. I'm so excited for us to get together and talk about community right now just because it's real and like you said you and i are feeling the stresses personally even of reframing what community looks like entirely in fact we're just reframing what our lives look like right and so i had to laugh the other day i was reading this article from um, the conversation about this emotion it's it's a word that we don't use very often anymore so more of an ancient word and it's asedia and the concept is it's like this it's not lazy it's not slothfulness it's just kind of this numb feeling and in this paragraph this author writes which i thought was so funny they said no one's posting pictures of their sourdough anymore right zoom cocktail parties have lost their novelty netflix can only release so many new series and, and there's so much truth into that. I've, I've thought about, like, if your birthday was in the end of March or April, you probably had an awesome drive-by celebration with all kinds of love being thrown your way. But, like, if your birthday was September or even now in October, Good luck. It, could feel, <laughs> it could feel a little different, right? Because we've, we've lost, because of the length of this pandemic, there's this very real exhaustion that comes when there is a trauma that is extended out. Mm -hmm. And so, and this is an ambiguous trauma. Like we can't exactly put our hands on what's going on. And so we have to really be aware of what we're feeling and the ways that our, um, our minds and our souls, our bodies are processing just what our new normal is. And that's certainly overlays itself onto community. And so I know, Joel, both you and I are meeting with people who are struggling in community right now, some who are thriving in community. I think that with all things, we see some real beauty coming from the new challenges. And then there are, there are just real struggles. And so I have gathered what I'm going to call conventional wisdom that I am 
really sharing when I'm meeting with someone to talk about community and how they're walking through this current season. And so I'm excited to, to throw some of those out there and Joel, you pipe in too as you think about them. So, so first and foremost, here's what I would say, and I do, I have nine, you were right, Joel, just because I couldn't think of 10, 10 a better number, but Get I did your have pens and papers one. ready, yes. everybody, write them down. <laughs> These are nine truths that Robin's going to drop on us. So, <laughs> so here we go. Um, and, and they're not probably in a logical order. They're in orders they came to my brain. So, so first and foremost, identify your expectations for community. And there is a fantastic uh, workbook called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. We have talked some about that as a SOMA body. And in this book, there's a chapter that talks about expectations. And what I really appreciate it is they talk about the problem with expectations that can be fourfold. Sometimes they're unconscious, mm. sometimes they're unrealistic, often unspoken, and then potentially unagreed upon. And so if you, mm. there's the potential that you've got expectations of what community is going to look like, what your friendships are going to look like, how you're going to interact with your family that you might not even be fully aware of without some intentional sit down time to think about it. And that is really, really important to do, to evaluate, is this realistic for me to expect this of my community right now? And then, man, this one's huge. Share your need. If you have an expectation, you need to communicate it to others. Mm -hmm. I, I love when people, uh, my husband, Christian, will often say, like, I don't have a crystal ball, right? Like, mm -hmm. I can't look into the ball and know what's going on. And that's the truth. Uh, for for the people around us that if we have a need we have to be brave enough to say hey i'm i'm lonely or my birthday is coming up in a week and i would really like to spend it with some people we we can't just assume that others are going to know what our our heart mm -hmm. needs are so communicate your need and mm -hmm. and then really um be realistic about what others can give absolutely positively all of us are walking through some level of stress now some might feel it just a little others might feel it at an enormous mm -hmm. scale but we're all feeling stress together this is like one of the the weird uniting things about mm -hmm. the, the covid pandemic right and so it's it is really being realistic about what you can expect from others and what you can expect from yourself under this, under this category of expectations, I also want to say, think right now about holiday expectations. Mm -hmm. So Thanksgiving's coming up in a month, and then Christmas is around the corner. So what kind of expectations do you think others might have of you? Are they realistic for you? Will they work? And what do you have about others? And the sooner you can clarify those for yourself and then get them clarified from those that you plan to celebrate with or that you don't plan to celebrate with the better so i would say those conversations need to start now mm -hmm. to avoid some of the relational fallout that can happen from those unmet expectations mm -hmm. okay so that's number one number two this is a thing that we say in our house well we said it more when my kids were smaller but no belly button focus mm -hmm. Here's what I mean by that. If you were to divert your eyes to your belly button, the only person you see is yourself. And this, uh, this particular season of COVID, especially as it drags on, has had as one of its um, massive side effects, I think an increase in belly button focus. Mm -hmm. We are pretty hyper aware of our own selves and of uh, what we want and what we need, but we have got to lift our chins and to see the people that are around us. Um, it is a community killer for us to really just be focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, number three, identify triggers for loneliness, isolation, anything that destroys community for you. No one's gonna like what I'm gonna say right now, but listen to me. Get rid of your social media if it is a trigger for you, something mm -hmm. that hurts your community. Or if you're someone who really loves to post on social media, 
be sensitive to the mental health, the emotional health of others by really thinking twice before you post about your, you know, your amazing outing with your group of friends. Mm. Think we are in a hypersensitive stage right now um, as it relates to community, right? Friendships, all of it feels very fragile and volatile. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, pre-COVID, uh, people could, a group of friends could, let's say, go on a trip to the beach and other friends might see that and think, oh, it was easier to think, oh, I'm so glad for them because you also had things that you were doing that mm-hmm. were exciting, right? And you had work trips and you had other dinners and you had family in town and a lot of our extra stuff is completely died down. And so we have to be careful that there's a hyper, we are hyper tuned in to what others around us are doing and we're quickly comparing. And a lot of times we're, we're feeling pretty um, sad and isolated and lonely by what we see. Mm. So if, if you identify social media as something that triggers in you a, a negative emotion as it relates to friendships and community, just purpose to get off of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just encourage those of you that are having really active social lives, enjoy those, but maybe consider not posting about them or being really sensitive to how you post. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Joel, both you and I are currently reading a Brene Brown book, right? Dare yes. to lead, which has been super informative and so good. good. Yeah. And one of the things, maybe, maybe one of my big takeaways from her, her writing in that book is this concept of challenging the story that you're telling yourself in your head. Mm -hmm. So she says that often when we are in an emotional state, there is an initial story that we tell ourselves. So that story as it relates to community could be I, nobody really wants to be with me. No one's checking on me. Nobody cares how I'm doing. I'm never invited or included. Uh, There's, there are, and and then the story can grow from there, right? We fill in this narrative and almost always, she says, that is really an invaluable and incorrect first draft of the story. And so as, as stress mounts upon communities, it's really important for you to challenge the thoughts in your head and hold them up in light of, of truth. That might mean you need to have a conversation with someone. It could look like, it could look like me saying like, Hey, Joel, I saw that, um, I saw that you bought everybody, you know, on staff, uh, steak dinner but I didn't get a steak dinner. And the story I'm telling myself is that you have something against me or, right? So I clarified, it gives you a chance to come back to me and say like, oh no, I'm delivering one a week and yours is scheduled for next, <laughs> next or whatever it is, right? <laughs> so it, it provides the opportunity to clarify or it could be that you would say to me, Joel, well, actually I'm glad you're checking in because there is something that I need to talk through with you. And I do think we have an issue, right? So. So our goal, our ultimate goal always, as we think about community, in addition to just um, it being an important need as human beings and it connects our souls to each other, it is so that we can to the world. Mm-hmm. And so holding that in front of us and realizing you know, part of, part of my call as a follower of Jesus is to live in community in a way that pulls people toward Jesus. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, hmm. um, be authentic is my next one. And, uh, yeah, here's what I mean by that. There, it is okay for you to need to say today, today, I feel nervous about mm-hmm. getting together for dinner inside the house. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, it, and that could be because a coworker just told you her family is all really sick and it's just made COVID feel really close to home, right? It could be um, that you have a runny nose and you don't want to get together. But be authentic about your reasons and be really specific. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean by specific. We, 
we are all, or maybe it's just me, but I, my, um, my standards for what I'm comfortable with, what I feel like my kids should do or shouldn't do almost feel like they are changing daily. Yes. And, right. And so sometimes that's because there's new information. Sometimes it's just because I'm feeling a certain way and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So it is okay for me to say today, I feel uncomfortable with this tomorrow. I might be okay with it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is unnavigated territory for most of us that are alive and we have to be kind to ourselves and authentic with with where we are to ourselves and also to those who are wanting to press into community with us yes Mm -hmm. so that number six the big one for me is have boundaries so be authentic about what your boundaries are but have them be clear about them and um and and it might require some additional thought. So I uh, have five children, four teenagers, and a 10-year-old. And my husband and I find ourselves regularly, daily, having to discuss a boundary as it relates to community for our children based on the, the best information we have for that day. It takes time for us to sit and think and then decide, do we feel comfortable with our teenage boys playing basketball in a park downtown, right? With a bunch of people we don't know. Well, what, what things do we know right now? Why is this important? How do we consider physical health, mental health, you know? And so creating boundaries is really, really important. And then, but tie that into be authentic about them, allow them, allow them to change. Mm -hmm. And number seven ties right into that. We have got to stop the shaming. Yes. I feel really passionate about this one. If you have some really strong, deep held boundaries, good. Like we will trust that those come from um, a, a sincere place and really that you're praying about them and, and hold those, hold those. Mm. But, but let us not assume that we know everything about someone's story so that we too can decide the boundaries for them. And if they differ, that there's some shaming. And um, I even see that, like, so let me tell you from my, even my own space where I've had to call myself into check on this. If I, if, if um, we are having a church gathering, right, and it's outdoors and it's socially distanced and someone tells me, ah, I don't feel comfortable going, but um, I then see them at a, you know, a um, pampered chef party. I don't even know if those exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> you know, where they're gathered in a house. My mom still goes to them, Robin. They, they, they exist. My mom still goes. But. <laughs> right. I could, I could be self-righteous or judgmental enough to think, oh, you can't go to church and it's outdoors and it's, but you can go to this thing indoors. Listen, that, that does nothing to build community. It is not productive and it's just, it's just flat out wrong. We have got to be kind to each other and allow space Mm -hmm. for dissent, right? On our boundaries. Mm -hmm. We have to provide grace for each other because we are, I mean, we're all walking through this together and here's the truth. We're all making it up for the most mm-hmm. part, right? Like we don't know. Yeah. We're each step of the way we're just trying to figure out what we're doing. I remember feeling this way. Maybe you did too, Jolt. When we first had our first child, I was like, I'm making this up. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. And, um, this feels kind of similar that mm-hmm. there's, there's no exact rule book for how we maneuver all of the different activities of our day. And so, so if we can not shame each other, but instead encourage each other, uplift each other, support each other, we're going to see community manifest itself in some really cool yeah. way. Okay. I only have two more. So, um, reach out. Who can you connect with that potentially you've never connected with before? Or is there that person that maybe you see sitting by themselves regularly at church or, or, you know, 
know, coming and leaving alone? Or is there a family that you wanted to reach out to? Think about who you can connect with mm-hmm. and reach out to some people that aren't, um, that, that you just don't normally see. The goal for this is to extend ourselves a little bit outside of our bubble. Mm-hmm. So we've been encouraged to kind of create these bubbles, right? And in the initial days of, of sheltering at home, we even had these terms where uh, we would, you know, like, who's your, who are you quarantining with? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you agreeing to be meeting with, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that is good, right? We see medical reasons for why that's important. It is also important, though, that we look out for those who just aren't in a bubble. Mm-hmm. I was talking with a gal who just moved. She just graduated college, just moved to Indy and didn't know anyone in the, in the city, has an apartment by herself. Her job is remote. So she's at home. And she was like, I literally have not had physical contact. Like I haven't had someone touch me a hug in a month. Mm-hmm. Like that is a very real scenario wow. for people right now. And so Pray, right? Pray and see who the Lord brings to your mind. Mm. Lastly, I'm going to use the the verb invest. So I don't mean necessarily in people, but I would encourage you to think about, are there purchases or investments that you can make now to prepare for community in the winter? Mm -hmm. So can you buy an outdoor heater? That mm-hmm. which aren't very expensive. Your parents have one, don't they, Joel? They the do. Farm? They do. They work yeah. great. Or probably yeah. they work great. Yeah. Yeah. So so is there a way that you can extend outdoor, you know, gatherings where with your discipleship group? So four of you are on your patio in blankets with an outdoor heater. Yeah. Or can you invest in some, you know, super warm hiking boots and a, a really good jacket and just plan even in the snow walking is going to be a part of my relationship building in my community can you decide you're going to buy frisbee golf discs and take up something so that you're outdoors what can you do now to prepare for winter when some of the really cool outdoor community things we've been doing just need to be tweaked in order to make it comfortable from a temperature standpoint. Yes. So those are my nine. Those are my nine. That's a lot. There are things that I keep saying to people and they're things that I'm internalizing and thinking about for myself Mm. and that are going to be really important. Yes, man. All right. We're going to close in prayer. That was excellent. (laughs) Um, No, I'm just kidding, Robin. Those were awesome. Nine awesome, thoughtful, uh, intensely practical, um, but at the same time, they they cut to the heart. I mean, I think as I'm reflecting on some of these nine, like identify expectations, identifying triggers, all those things are deep internal works, but they they come to the surface so quickly uh, and they disrupt so much uh, when we don't do that. So, uh, all right, listeners, I'm going to read these back to you, and I want you to even as you hear them, I want you to even. Uh, all nine are applicable to every person that's listening to this, but I want you to pick one that you felt like, man, that one, Lord had that for me uh, because I needed to hear that uh, good or hard or both. So uh, the first is identify your expectations. The second is no belly button focus. The third is identify your triggers. Fourth is challenge the story in your head, the narrative you have. Fifth is be authentic and be specific about what you need to be authentic about. Number six is boundaries. Be clear about your boundaries. Seven is please stop the shaming. Number eight is reach out. How could we use this time to reach out to those who need connection or who's on your heart that you want to reach out to? And then last, let's just get creative in how we can invest uh, in being connected this winter. Uh, And it may mean you have to buy the right equipment to do it. And so I think those are really, really great encouragements. Uh, Robin, thanks for taking the time to think through that. And these aren't just things that you thought of and for those of you listening, these are not things just thought up in a think tank. Robin has been meeting with people, listening, processing them themselves. Uh, and so that is always the best type of advice. Um, cool. Well, I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you. If you have been around me in any capacity, M- MC leaders, you've heard me say this. In every season, I- I'm a one-trick pony, and this is my one trick, that in every season there are 
good things that God is using to make us grateful. There are hard things that although they may be very hard and challenging, God is using them graciously to make us more like himself, making us godly. And then lastly, they're always fun things that make us glad uh, that he just gives us little tiny gifts um, to lift our hearts. And so as I was preparing for this, those are the, the three categories I thought of, because I think no matter what season we find ourselves in a pandemic or not, uh, these three categories of think through life just help keep us a good, keep a good perspective on what's happening and to, and to root us a little bit. And so um, all three are somewhat tied together. I'll try to kind of synthesize the three for the sake of time. But I think the first is that I have really seen the good as I've met, met with MC leaders right now, uh, or many others that are just uh, seeking to find community that God is using this uh, to help us to discover and get clear about what's important to us, what we want to do, what, what are the maybe the uh, dissatisfactions we feel that uh, God has used to stir us without some of the extra noise to say, okay, my heart is in this. I want my, I want to work towards this. Uh, there's good work being done. And even though it may not lead to crazy amounts of action or progress, uh, we, uh, we're not longer just, we're no longer just mentally floating along with the crazy pace of life because we have enough space that to be uh, a little curious about maybe how things were before. And I think that's really, really good. And it's a huge miss that even in our community life, there's internal priorities and values, there's family priorities and values, but even in our community, uh, what are we being curious about and discovering about what's important and what's essential? And how, how and I've seen some of you that maybe are listening to this, uh, you've taken some radical steps to say, these are the important things, these are essential, uh, and I have allowed myself to get really distracted. We've been really distracted. So I think that's really, really good. And just want to encourage you that if you're out there, how can I make good use of this time? Start asking some uh, introspective questions and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and say, what, what, what is essential? What's important? And how can I remove just the noise uh, that gets in the way? Second, of what's hard right now, but uh, God is using to make us godly. And this, it seems so... Uh, hard to say because it is hard. Uh, I think God is doing the most loving thing he can, which is revealing and removing what we put our hope in in the past. Uh, and even though that doesn't seem kind or loving, it is the most loving thing he can do because he is removing those things that would not satisfy so that we have the opportunity to choose how he's going to replace uh, that and uh, with himself, which is the most satisfying thing. So, but the normal responses, and if you're like me, what I've noticed has been really hard as I've talked to people and just personally is as we find ourselves in community, we are human beings. And when things are taken from us, we uh, fall into an emotional tailspin. There's been a few times I've just found myself deep in deep emotional tailspins where I'm not even, I mean, Robin, you talked about it, identifying triggers. They're just triggers that have just like sent me down uh, paths. Uh, and I mean, that's okay. God's not surprised that we're weak and emotional people because he made the, made us that way. Um, but when we become dissatisfied, um, I think I've just noticed in myself, but also I've seen is that uh, in, our, in our communities, it's really easy to begin to blame uh, the people in our lives, that it's not real enough. It's not deep enough. Uh, it doesn't meet as frequently as I want it to. It's too conservative. It's too liberal. That all of these dissatisfactions, although they may be uh, possibly legitimate. I don't know if they're legit or not. Um, in COVID, it's caused everything to feel so weighty and serious and fatalistic that uh, I often overemphasize those problems or challenges and uh, or the conflict that is in my life. And I want to blame the people for it. And then I want to hit the eject button. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, instead of staying in the saddle and persevering into this dissatisfaction, which is really just the process of death, uh, just kind of letting go of what may may have previously been a hope uh and then in the process it's it's almost like the the you of mourning you know that you go through this process of feeling deep emotion and then you begin to have a rebirth and having a more rooted confident and contentment uh, content faith regardless of our circumstances and so i think that's it's really hard though because when we apply this to a community um it's a all of us are in a highly emotional process together of losing things uh, them being removed. And we're in the process of God replacing those if we're willing to join in that. Um, but that is not a quick and efficient process. And so these swirling emotions and, um, and we're all in close proximity together and we have this decision, will we choose to press in? You know, will, 
will Robin and I on staff choose to press in or will we, uh, with that collective temptation to hit the eject button, when we're all making those decisions, it can just be really, really, really hard. And I think um, God's using that, but there's just a collective hardness to that. Uh, so um, I just want to encourage you all to, to accept the invitation uh, to press in. Robin, who's getting you called? Who's calling you right now? You got is that one of one of your kids? <laughs> so sorry. That, yes. Can you even? I apologize, everybody. No, it's okay. It's, it's coming okay. again. Yeah, yeah. Do you need to pick up? You're fine. If you need no, to. Pick up. <laughs> I apologize. That so so that's Christian, my husband, yeah. traveling for the first time since COVID yeah. altogether, which is crazy. And um, and he took our ten year old Mason with him, which is super fun. So they're doing sightseeing in the yes. great state of Dakota. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. No, I apologize. Well, the last thing I want to share is from a heart posture before we get into maybe some practical thoughts about gathering and uh, unity and how do we fight for things. Um, it's just, I think, one of the fun things that I've seen and heard from people, Robin, is that when they see it and taste a little bit of the fruit of pressing in, uh, and it, there's like legitimate joy and legitimate contentment and gratefulness and being satisfied. It's, it's not effortlessly fun, but man, when it actually happens and when you, when you see some of the fruit of pressing into community, um, I'll, I'll share a story about it later that I heard from one person, but man, it, it's just, uh, it's a deeper contentment um, and satisfaction than maybe some of the fun things that were happening before that. But there are fun things like uh, MC Talent Show that I heard that happened recently. Uh, so Robin, you can, you can choose to share about that at another time. Maybe at the end, I'll have you share about that MC Talent Show. Yeah. But <laughs> that sounds like some COVID fun. Um, well, cool. I think, friends, there's a couple things that we wanted to touch on because I think if you're leading, if you're a leader in our community, or if you find yourself um, just being a gatherer of people right now, there's a handful of categories that just seem really hard. And so we're just going to toss them out there between Robin and I and uh, maybe just try to either get practical or some good principles to pursue uh, when you're thinking about some of these categories. So the categories we're thinking about is Logistics, how and where will we meet? Another is unity. How do we move forward when, uh, without leaving anybody out? Uh, a big one is probably caring for one another and conflict with one another. Uh, we carry each other's burdens, but also we gotta be patient because we're all lost in feelings of uncertainty. Uh, and then lastly, how do we keep vision and purpose uh, and kind of a perseverance uh, towards the end goal in mind? So. Um, Robin, I'm going to start with you. You're leading an MC right now. When it comes to deciding where and how you met, what were some of the principles or practices that you guys found helpful? Lots and lots of dialogue and communication with your group. So whether that's your family, a missional community, a discipleship group, you just need to talk and see where people are. So for our particular missional community, that meant that we split into two groups and to, to reduce our numbers. And we have been meeting outside up to this point. Mm. And then we are dialoguing about what it will look like for us to uh, continue to meet during snowy weather. So mm -hmm. talk, communicate. And, and then here's the truth, though. At some point, someone has to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it is probably going to be a little difficult to, to have every single person really thrilled with the decision. And that's what's tough. I think that's where, especially if you find yourself in a personality area where you're really mm -hmm. you're super inclusive, you want everybody to feel um, a part of this, that might not be possible. Yeah. Uh, depending on the extremes of opinions that exist within whichever community you're addressing. Yeah, that's really good. And honestly, that, that was my big encouragement to anybody that's listening is you're gonna have to embrace imperfection and you have to take action. And you're gonna have to pick, okay, this is the direction we're going with all of the data that we've collected after good communication. We may try some new things, but we're still this is the way we're going and people can choose to go with us or they can choose not to. But we, we have to, I think that's really, really important. But this is the back half of that is after you've made your decision maybe be willing to go a little bit further to build a bridge of accommodation. So once you've made your decision to say, okay, this is where we're going, how can I circle back and say, uh, what's, what's a, a little bit more effort I can put into building that bridge of accommodation for those that may not be with you. Um, the other thing is, yeah, just try different things and don't be afraid to get into small groups. That doesn't work. Try different rhythms. You know, our group is, uh, we're meeting all together once a month. 
um, for more of a social with slight bit of content. The second week is women's, the next week is men's, and then the fourth week is an optional either service week or smaller dinner week with individuals in the group or week off if we need that. Um, that's kind of the rotation we're taking. And I don't know if we'll keep it, but we're going to try it and we're going to keep uh, getting back in the saddle after that. So I think that's good. Um, for I anybody else. I just affirm yeah. you in that. Sorry, I just want to affirm you in good. that. I think that it's, mm. if you choose to sit and have a discussion, whether it's with your family or your MC or whatever it is, be curious mm. about what people are going to say. So maybe lay down your agenda and what you think the solution should be. I am hearing repeatedly about more and more creative ideas mm. that can really, just exactly what you said, you're, you're meeting the needs of so many different groups by the changes week to week in the way that your group gathers. So yeah, be mm -hmm. curious. That's good. That's good. I think that's probably could be true for every point we're about to talk about after this. So the next one is unity, where there's a high need for curiosity there. Uh, Robin, we find ourselves in a time uh, with COVID and racial injustice and then just basic human challenges of relating to one another. How do we move forward, uh, but not leave anyone out? What jumps out to you when you think about that question? Right away, I think about the word initiate. Mm. So I think really looking to connect, not waiting for someone else to, or initiating mm. a conversation to see where someone is, mm. that feels really important. I think especially if we're talking about things that are uncomfortable, it is human nature to want to just avoid or pull back or assume that no news is good news, yeah. which, which really probably isn't very accurate. Mm. And so be brave and initiate. Mm. Mm. That's good. We're going to have to embrace that, uh, that we have initiations that we have to take, even when we may not feel like it. I think the thing that jumped out to me when we think about this is, and it comes from that book we're reading from staff, Brene Brown's book, we're going to have to embrace that conflict is the way. And uh, it's going to be either healthy or unhealthy. Uh, both are going to be hard, but I'd rather work hard to have healthy conflict uh, than not. And so she always says, you know, be willing to rumble with humility and vulnerability uh, and to sit in it. And I think that's just, that's, that's the gritty stuff that, you know, reading a book can help you, but you still just have to do it. <laughs> and um, I think that's helpful. Really honest communication, naming your needs. This goes back to what you talked about, Robin, naming your needs, your feelings, and be curious and also allow other people to name their needs uh, and not be afraid when feelings are expressed. Uh, and then I think this is, hopefully in 2020 uh, makes sense. We need to view relationships in light of eternity uh, and reaffirm our commitment as brothers and sisters in Christ beyond or supersede any of these temporary topics uh, that feel so big and important and do have uh, really great um, points for why people uh, feel they have the convictions they do. Uh, but what's gonna persevere us over these kind of sandbars with our boat is just reaffirming our commitment that we are family in Christ forever, and that that is much larger than these moments. And so I think that's my encouragement to everyone, embrace conflict, have honest communication, and then just have a, a wider lens about what these relationships are uh, beyond just what the topics may be these, this time around with whatever conflict we have. So, yeah. The next topic, though, I, I think that's worth talking about is um, the tension between caring for each other and uh, being patient in conflicts that may be happening. Um, so these are somewhat tied to the last topic, but I think we all have our own burdens to bear. We have wounds that we're processing. Uh, what, what do you think it looks like to care for each other's burdens and be patient as we're uh, pressing each other's buttons at the same time? So initially, what I would say is be open about what your burdens are and accept help. Not just accept help, but uh, say yes. So if mm. someone offers to drop something by for you, a, a meal or cookies, or we can have a tendency to be like, no, 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 I'm okay. Or we're all in the same boat together. Maybe mm. like me, you often think like, are you kidding? There's so many people that are struggling so much worse than I am. But mm. God calls us as community to press into one another's burdens, right? And so if, if someone offers to really bless you in some way, say yes. 
mm. it will make it easier for them to receive your help when they need it. And so um, I think that's, I think that's super important conflict. It really is deciding, you know, is this something, I mean, just, just use these kind of biblical principles that we find in Matthew, kind of a, the brother offended. Is this something I need to just let go? Mm. You know, do I have a plank in my own eye? And then if you've evaluated those things, like, is there something I need to make right? Mm. If you've evaluated those things and there's still a conflict or a tension that needs addressed, then do it biblically, go directly to the person. Do not destroy your community by talking about people behind their backs mm. or complaining about the way, you know, something's done and not being part of a solution. So, so mm. just address conflict biblically by talking to the person and really seeking reconciliation all for the glory of Christ. Mm. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It's hard, but it's simple, right? <laughs> the principles are simple, but they're hard to do. Mm. Um, I think when it comes to, maybe this is for the leaders out there, um, that are leading groups. Uh, I think you need to answer very clearly, uh, the right questions. Uh, what am I responsible for and what can I actually do about it? Uh, and I think there's so much of the weight that we feel for wanting to care for one another is really, really good. But sometimes we take on more than what we should, uh, and say, instead of setting gracious and firm boundaries, you know, this is what I, this is what I'm responsible for. And this is what I can do. And actually delivering on that, uh, is going to go head and shoulders above, uh, trying to say, do everything. And I've learned that the hard way. When I try to do everything, I actually do nothing. And I frustrate people because I've overpromised and underdelivered. And so I think that that is a growth step for me, but I think for anybody out there who's seeking to care and facilitate just, um, maybe growing conflict in groups is, be clear about what you're responsible for and what you can do about it and then deliver on that, set your boundary and deliver on it. Uh, and then I think another thing is everybody, whether you're just caring for a friend or if you're leading a group, uh, embrace that you're going to get weary. It's part of the process. You're going to get uh, annoyed. You're going to need a break. And that's why it's called perseverance because it's going to be for the long haul. I mean, Rob and I, we just talked about this, like how are we going to recharge our batteries? Like what's the, what's the, the plan of action for that? because that's part of the process. It's not weird when it happens, it's normal when it happens. And so how do we lean into that, um, I think is, is helpful. Um, yes. And so I would say, uh, just to let everyone know, on November 9th, which is a Monday night, uh, someone's gonna have a uh, Zoom webinar. Joel and I have actually participated in this webinar and it's about building and repairing trust. It specifically mm. addresses conflict with some really practical tools. It's with a, a gal named Kristen Nevins and that's free to anyone to attend. Just be watching our website, social media for ways to sign up. I think that would be super beneficial, primarily if you're, if you're leading a community. Well, really, it's super beneficial for anybody, but definitely if you're leading a community, make an extra effort to be present. Yes, yes. MC leaders, I can't make it mandatory, but I would highly recommend and encourage you to make it uh, to that. It's excellent material. Robin, I wanted to end with talking about just reminding ourselves of our vision and purpose. What's God's goal uh, and purpose of being in community together? And how can we keep our eyes on eternity? So what comes out to you just reminding people as they think about community to keep the end in mind? What should they, what should they keep in in perspective? I think that, I mean, right away, I think of the verse, right? They will know me mm. by the way that you love one another. That's, you know, that's our, that's our ultimate goal is that Christ is known and to acknowledge that God has created us to be human beings who need community. We are, we are communal beings. We are not supposed to walk through life alone and isolated and community takes work. It's hard. We see even amongst the disciples, right, who were with Jesus there. I mean, they're an intimate community and they are daily with the son of God. And yet there's conflict mm -hmm. and there's misunderstanding. And so, so of course we're going to have that. And I think a Brandon often preaches about this, right? Like if, if your community is not messy at some point, you're probably not really doing community. Yeah. 
So expect it to be hard sometimes, but also know it's where the it's it's like the marrow of life. Like it's mm-hmm. the richness and the beauty. It's what it's what gives life meaning. And so it's worth it. It's mm-hmm. it's worth fighting for, being intentional about, and sacrificing for. Yes. Yes. It is. It is because I think uh Many of you know this, but I'm just going to share it for everyone to hear. This is kind of the definition of what we believe a biblical community looks like. And it's really, really ambitious, but it's as rude in the scriptures that we want to be a family, uh, sons and daughters of God, but brothers and sisters of each other that are missionaries, that believe that people need to hear about the good news of Jesus, that uh, he created us to know him, that we have rebelled against him, that he paid the price to bring us back to him and by faith. Uh, they can be restored to him and brought into this family. And that then as missionaries, we're also servants to be the hands and feet of Christ, uh, to bring renewal to his kingdom. Uh, it's all the brokenness that we see to actually get up and move. Uh, I'm talking to somebody right now, Robin, who's one of the best at leading our community and being a servant. Uh, and then lastly, to be disciples. So family of missionary servants that are united by the gospel to make disciples in their neighborhood, workplaces, among particular people groups. And that is a really beautiful, holy ambition that's really hard and really challenging, but it's so good. Uh, and I just want you to even, I'm just going to read the, the four words again. I want you to just think about what it would look like for the gospel to change all of these things, to be a family changed by the gospel. What does that look like? And what is the process? It's going to be hard, but it's going to be good. You know, to be missionaries, how, what joy is there to uh, bringing the good news of Jesus to someone who does not yet know who he is. You know, to serve, to feel the, the dignity and delight of serving and of meeting people's needs uh, and to helping. And then lastly, to be disciples and be disciple makers. Um, that's an eternal perspective that's worth fighting for. Um, that is uh, what we need in a time when we, uh, the eject button's really easy to hit. Um, so I think that's good. That's what we want to leave you with as just um, a reminder that you're not alone, uh, that this is really hard. There's a lot of really good things happening. There's ways we can get better. We don't have to just sit in it. We can get better. We can uh, apply Robin's nine points that we're going to put into a book and publish next week. So this is uh, uh, look, look, be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a book release at SOMA here in just a little bit. Um, but um yeah, Robin, it's been always a pleasure to get to talk to you, especially when we get to um, uh, lean on each other in ministry. I'm really grateful for you. I'd like to close um, by just asking you, um, what keeps you going? You know, they, we've heard a, they've heard a lot from us today. Uh, you know, there's only going to be a handful of things that stick out. But for you, when in those days when you just can't put one foot in front of the other, what keeps you going? Uh, and what has been kind of fuel for you uh, in this crazy time. I think what comes to mind, and I don't know who penned this saying, but it's a truth that I have watched, especially, you know, on the days when you just don't want to, like on Mm -hmm. those days, I just think to myself, right actions bring right feelings. Mm -hmm. And so what is the right action right now? And then you'll watch you will watch the feelings follow. And Mm -hmm. so when you just don't want to show up at MC or discipleship group, or you don't want to have, you know, dinner or go on a walk with someone, it's, it's just, what's the right action, do that. And then trust that the emotions will catch up. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Especially when sometimes we feel like we're out of control with our emotions, you know, emotions are evil, but they, but they do in this season just are so loud. They're so loud. Um, yeah, for me, I have, um, this is, was true prior to, but I've just been reminded of, uh, Hebrews 10, 11, and 12, uh, during this season. And there, it's so good. If you have a chance, you can start in, uh, Hebrews 10, 32 and read all the way through 12 2. it's so good. Um, God's the hero, but it tells about how he's been faithful and all of these just, uh, circumstantial moments of, uh, the past where only God could show up and be the hero. Uh, and um, all of these, it's called the hall of faith, but it's really not about these people other than the fact that they chose to live by faith. And I think tucked away, I'd never read this prior to COVID, but tucked away right in the middle of this, you know, 
list of all of these people that God just proved this faithfulness through. Um, it says, you know, they escaped the edge of the sword. They stopped the mouth of lions. But then right here in the middle, it says they were made strong out of weakness. Uh, and that has just been really uh, balm to my soul that um, I want God to write a by faith story uh, for us in our church during this season. Uh, and it starts with each one of us allowing uh, Christ to be our strength and make us strong out of our weakness and to continue to put one foot in front of the other, that he's writing the story and it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's not easy, but it's going to be good. And so that'd be my encouragement to you that you don't have to be uh, strong on your own, but you can be made strong in your weakness and God is writing by faith story. And so what will that be? What will that be? So uh, friends, thanks for taking time out of your day. Uh, this was really, really fun. Uh, your homework is twofold. One, I, there's so much here. What is one thing that really struck you that you actually want to focus on uh, and implement? Um, if you want to talk to either one of us about some of the things that were shared or have further questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, but lastly, last thing I want to ask you is for you to take a moment to pause and be silent before the Lord and ask, what keeps your feet moving? Um, these days? What keeps you going when things get tough? Because you're going to need that uh, one day. And so I pray that um, you write that down so it's on the tip of your tongue. So Robin, would you pray? Are you have anything to say, Robin, uh, before we close? Well, I think there's a lot of us that are going to need some good film recommendations in the mm. winter months. So favorite John Wayne movie, Joel? <laughs> oh man, Robin, I'm so glad that you asked. Um, my all-time favorite is called The Cowboys, and it's about uh, John Wayne in his later years of life takes a cattle drive with a bunch of, like, 11 and 12-year-olds and, like, teaches them how to be a man. And uh, it's, it's a really, really fun story. Uh, it's one of my favorites, one I watched most when I was a kid. But I think it's probably his best one is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valiant. So if you had a chance to see that one, I would highly recommend either of those two. Hey, you heard it. You heard it here. Put those on your watch list, everybody. Yes. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Father, yeah. Um, we just thank you for who you are and the deep ways that you love us. We thank you for the examples of community that you have provided for us, Lord, in your word. And we just ask you, Lord, just to move amongst the Soma community that we might be a community that is marked by closeness with you by honoring and valuing each other, a community that's marked by grace and forgiveness and perseverance. And we just, we hand you our tomorrows. We acknowledge that we really have no idea what November, December, January holds, but we're so confident in your sovereignty that we just lay it all before you. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you for the gift of today. In your name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Robin. Bye, guys.